we were having a play date with a friend and I was in counseling. I was beginning, you know, this healing and restoration in my life. And my friend asked me, she said, hey, how are you? How's everything going? And it was at that moment that I knew, okay, I can just say, oh, I'm good, I'm fine. How are you, right? Let me turn the conversation to you. But I said to her, I said, you know, I'm not, I'm not okay. I'm really dealing with anxiety and some depression. And I kid you not, she looked at me with tears in her eyes. I mean, just full. And she said, you too? I was like, yeah, me too. And, and we both started to cry. And she said, I thought you had it all together. And I said, I thought you had it all together. And On Life Repurposed, you'll find a blend of practical wisdom and biblical inspiration that's designed to help you navigate everyday life with faith, purpose, and hope. We focus on personal and spiritual growth with a range of topics from improving your relationships and discovering your purpose to setting and achieving goals, plus tools and resources to help you live your repurposed life. I'm your host, Michelle Rayburn, the author of books and Bible studies about finding hope in the trashy stuff of life. Kara Snyder loves to share the hope of God through speaking, writing, coaching, and leading worship. She's the author of a book called Anxiety Elephants, 31-Day Devotional, and another one called Anxiety Elephants, 90-Day Devotional for Tween Boys and Girls. Today, we're also going to be talking about her book called Carline Mom, which is a 100-day devotional for moms. From Karis's own personal experience, she helps women in their journey of overcoming depression, anxiety, fear, and shame. Karis lives with her husband, Brandon, and two daughters in Coleman, Alabama. Here's my chat with Karis. Karis, I'm so glad to have you on the show today. I've been stalking you a little bit on Instagram and seeing some of the topics that you cover. And before we came on, I shared with you that one of my children struggled with anxiety when he was younger. And so I, I saw your children's book and I'm like, oh, this is a resource we need. And then I saw you had something coming up for moms. And I'm like, we need this too. Because when I was in the middle of that, I struggled with balancing everything and feeling a little bit like I was responsible for what was going on in his life. So we would love to hear a little bit of your story about how you encourage moms and how you got to that place. Absolutely. Well, I am so excited to be here with you and your listener family and just to know that that we can share in our struggles that this is a safe place, you know, to, mm -hmm. to do that. And and as a mom, I can look back, you know, almost 12 or 13 years ago when anxiety and depression almost took my life. Mm -hmm. And um, it was a scary place for me. You know, I, I grew up in the church. My husband and I, you know, married, we've almost been married 20 years now, but we have been serving together for years and leading worship together, leading small groups together. But but yet in that moment of, of struggling with that anxiety and depression, I felt like I had to hide it. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I would tell people I was a master of the mask. Have you ever felt, you know, like you had to wear a mask, you had to keep it all together as a mom or as a, as a woman or, mm -hmm. or wherever you're at in your life. And um, that mask started getting very heavy for me. And I began to deal with these Pains on my chest. It was very heavy, very weighted. I, I would tell people it felt like an elephant sitting mm -hmm. on my chest, and I didn't know what it was. And and I'm just going to be honest with you right here. I was one of those in the church during that season of my life that did not think anxiety or depression were real. Mm. Um, my encouragement, if you will, to to the young people or, or to anyone who might come to me if they were struggling with that 
would go something like this. You need to pray harder. Mm. You just need to read your Bible more. You need to trust God more. And if I knew you really well, I would just basically tell you, suck it up, buttercup, and move on. Mm. Now, I don't think Jesus said any of that anywhere in the Bible. No, I want to just, I know you have more to say, and I just want to interrupt you here, which is the rudest thing to do to a guest. No, please do. (laughs) But I love that you said that because one of the things I notice in the books that I pick up is so many Christian books still talk about just pray more, read your Bible more, and this is going to fix everything. So how did you get past that? We know it was crazy because I was praying more. I was reading my Bible more, and I just felt... Like I was in this dark place, in this pit, all alone, that no one else was struggling with what I was struggling with, that surely I was the only one dealing with Mm -hmm. this, that I was just messing up, that I was failing God, letting my family down, letting everybody down. And I I think for me, I got to the bottom of the bottom. Uh, I just was in that this place of less. I don't know, maybe listener, you're out there thinking this also. I, I was hopeless. I felt useless, worthless, and purposeless. Hmm. And it was in that bottom of the bottom for me. It was like God whispered, look up, look up. And when I looked up, he was there, but it it wasn't just him. He was there with helpers, a counselor for me, Mm -hmm. a doctor for me, friends and family. I, I was in a church, thankfully, at that time of my life that looked at me and said, hey, God's not mad at you for having this struggle. He's not. He's not mad at you, and this doesn't take your purpose away for your life. Um, He loves you, and he wants to help you through it. So, And then it moved me out of the less than to I was full, F-U-L-L, hopeful, useful. I still was purposeful, Mm -hmm. and I was so full of worth, you know, in the midst of all of those things. And so I think having those helpers there, realizing and reminding myself, if my child, for example, struggled with asthma, or had a broken bone, I would not look at my child having an asthma attack and say, pray about it. Yeah, exactly. I I wouldn't do that to them. I I would give them their medicine. Sure, we would pray while they're taking their inhaler. Mm -hmm. Or if they had a broken bone, I wouldn't look at them and say, well, let's just cover it up and it'll get better. Yeah, We would go to the doctor. We would go to those who have resources, who have what our bodies need. And my brain, I had been struggling at that point for about five or six months. So my body was trying to tell me, hey, we need help. There's (laughs) an imbalance here. My hormones are all out of balance. I was not sleeping. So my brain and my body was trying to give me signals Mm -hmm. that something was going on. And I just wasn't at a place where I I could hear it, where I was Mm -hmm. listening. And so I needed those helpers. My counselor, I'm telling you what, she was a lifesaver, a lifesaver where I could just go in her office and just cry. Mm -hmm. I mean, I could just cry and there was no judgment there. And when I left, I felt better. I felt freedom, you know, I I felt released. And even my doctor that that I had, um, she loved me and she even said, hey, Karis, you have no idea how many ladies sitting down the pew next to you at your church has the same medication in their purses. It's not just you. Yes. I wonder, why don't we talk about that? Right. Why are we not talking about it? And I don't know why. I, I think, I'm curious what you think. I feel like we're getting better. Yes. I, it's like the Titanic here, okay? Like we're slowly turning, but we don't want to be like the Titanic and then just everyone drown. 
-hmm. We need to bring, you know, conversation to it. And one of the most interesting things, which really began me on my journey of helping moms, my uh, daughter now, who we are just starting high school. So everyone pray for me as we're in this new (laughs) season of life. But my, my oldest daughter at that time, she was about two. We were having a play date with a friend and I was in counseling. I was beginning, you know, this healing and restoration in my life. And my friend asked me, she said, hey, how are you? How's everything going? And it was at that moment that I knew, okay, I can just say, oh, I'm good. I'm fine. How are you? Right? Let me turn the conversation to you. But I said to her, I said, you know, I'm not, I'm not okay. I'm really dealing with anxiety and some depression. And I kid you not, she looked at me with tears in her eyes. I mean, just full. And she said, you too? Mm. I was like, yeah, me too. And and we both started to cry. And she said, I thought you had it all together. And I said, I thought you had it all together. And, and we were both like, I, I'm so glad that you don't. And I was like, me too. And and we, and we it was in that moment that the Lord said, see, do you see this? You need each other. You need to bear the loads together, share the struggles together. And I think in that moment is kind of where I began to pivot uh, about 10, 12 years ago to really just just be vulnerable, just be real, mm-hmm. share how how God, yes, there was the struggle, but there was the hope. There was a victory on the other side. And if he did it for me, he's going to do it for you. And and we we need these stories. We need to know that it's not just us, that, you know, mental health right now is the number one concern for mm-hmm. for all ages, men, women, our, our teenagers, even our children, you know, yeah. anxiety is just taken over. So if we can help each other, if we can put a voice behind it and and just begin talking about it, can you imagine what God can do when the church becomes, when we as believers becomes the leading voice of shining a light on those who are who feel like they're in darkness right now and all alone? It would be beautiful because I think it adds to the anxiety if you're trying to hide that you need help. So it just piles on more. I also remember when I was going through it with my child that there was a stigma about medicating your child. And for me, I I was a registered nurse. I recognized the signs of his behaviors to know it wasn't something we could just manage on our own. Right. I saw clear signs of OCD that I, they weren't the kind we talk about when we're joking about, you know, because we use terms. Um, So I just remember knowing that medication was going to be part of his treatment and having to just move on from the people who said there are other ways you don't have to medicate him. It's like, I do. I really do. Right. I do. (laughs) And, you know, and I think we, we, we know what's best for our children. I believe that God will lead us in that way. And, and, and that's what we have to focus on instead of, I was a people pleaser. I'm still a recovering people pleaser. <laughs> but when we can just kind of turn those voices off and know if this is going to be for good for for my child, for my teenager, for us, you know, and mm-hmm. and just trust the Lord. And then when you begin to see that turn, that pivot, I know I'm sure for you as a mom, when you saw that, you knew this is the right thing. And, and I know for me, when I saw it, my my daughter was having a birthday party at a bouncy house place, which would probably give everyone anxiety, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. And uh, she said, Mom, will you go down the, the slide with me? And I, I started going up the ladder to go down the slide with her and everybody had their cameras out and I was going to move out of the way. And they said, no, Kara, stay. We're taking a picture of you. We've never <laughs> seen you have fun like oh. this. And that's when I knew the yes. medicine I had made a turn. I was out of the fog. I, I could feel 
joy again. I could feel happiness again. And that my, my counseling helped me to make some breakthroughs of where that anxiety and depression began, even as a child for me mm-hmm. in my life. And to know that it was a visible thing for, for me and even for my, my family and friends to see, I was like, okay, Lord, I don't have to fight you anymore on this. I know this is the path that I need to go on. And, and it really was, I tell people that it was life-saving and life-changing for me for my, to have a doctor and a counselor to get me through, you know, on that path of healing and restoration. Yes. And I love that you've repurposed this into helping others. So first, we're not going to really spend a lot of time talking about them, but you created uh, a children's book and a book for tweens talking about that elephant on your chest. So uh, listener, if you're looking for a resource for your kids, if you're in the place I was as a mom 20 some years ago, um, that's I'll link to that in the show notes because that's a great resource. But then Karis, you also turned it into helping moms who feel overwhelmed, stressed by life. And so today we're going to be talking about your book, Carline Mom, this devotional for moms. And I'd love to know a little bit about how moms can find comfort and reassurance in those moments of self-doubt, exhaustion, overwhelm. Yeah, I, I think you just, I think you describe so many of us, you know, <laughs> yes. we are, we are, I say, I tell people all the time, for many of us as moms, we, we feel overwhelmed, overworried, overstressed, and frankly, I am over it. Like, <laughs> let's, let's just draw the line in the sand and, in and know that a lot of the times we put these expectations on ourselves mm-hmm. that God does not even put on us. You know, we, 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 we feel this need to be perfect or to excel, to not let our kids down and not let the PTO down and not let, you know, our work down all the things. And it's just, it's too much. It's too mm-hmm. much. And, and for us as moms, if we can pivot and instead of trying to live the life and be the perfect mom and the best mom, just be surrendered, just be a surrendered mom to, to God and to know, Hey, God, he gave us these children. However, that may look, it's going to look different for for many, it could be, you know, that you may have birthed your children. It could be that it came through foster care or or you can be a grandparent right mm-hmm. now, raising, you know, children back into that role of being mom. And just to know that if God put us there for such a time as this, he's going to equip us. We're not going to have all the answers. <laughs> and we probably, I don't think we ever will. No. Right. It, and that's okay. That's okay. And when in these moments of the Caroline life, you know, if you're waiting after a practice or if you're waiting after school or or maybe after, you know, the middle school dance, just to know that God wants to meet us in the moments. I think over the last few years, that's been really big for me is that if I don't have this massive piece of time, God will still meet with me in my car. He'll still yes. meet with me in the moments. He'll still love on me when I'm sitting there and my car is sitting in park and tears are rolling down my face because I feel like I just let the whole world down. And it's like he just scoops us up in those moments and says, hey, I'm here. Mm-hmm. I'm here. And I love you. I think we as moms, we we just want to be loved and seen. And and I love that God meets us in those moments as mamas to let us know, I, I love you and I see you and I'm here for you. Have you ever faced life's curveballs and felt as if you were in pieces? There's no need to be a Bible expert. This book meets you right where you are. So what's inside? Over six weeks, you'll dig into the Apostle Paul's story and his timeless letters. No fancy degree required. You'll explore thought-provoking questions and reflections and go a little further with micro-studies throughout the week. 
Renewed is like a roadmap to rediscovery, renewal, and the kind of joy that sneaks up on you in the midst of life's messiness. It's like catching up with a friend who's been through it and wants to share their hard-earned wisdom. Themes such as redeemed, restart, repurpose, revive, rejoice, and repeat light the way, showing you how to find beauty in the cracks and grace in the chaos. It's sprinkled with humor, relatable examples, and a healthy dose of soul-searching, and this book is your partner in spiritual growth. Whether you're flying solo or diving in with a group, Renewed has you covered. And don't worry, I left plenty of space for your notes, scribbles, and doodles. Ready to take a journey toward renewal, hope, and some serious soul-soothing? Grab your copy of Renewed, then get comfy, and let's dig in. I spent a lot of time in my car, not really picking my kids up because we lived rural, but um, so they rode a bus. But I spent a lot of time in my car running to get, you know, groceries is 30 minutes away for me to get groceries, those kinds of things. I found Christian radio was an encouragement. Now for me, it's podcasts, audiobooks, things like that. But I, I also remember my car in my garage being my safe place. When my son was having some of his anxiety meltdowns and I felt helpless, I remember one night going out. I didn't have shoes on, so I couldn't, I wasn't, I didn't have keys. I wasn't going to drive anywhere, but I just went in my car and sat there. And that was my place to just cry and just tell God I'm so frustrated. Wow. That gave me chills when you said that, because I find myself so many times just getting in my car and driving mm-hmm. alone. Mm-hmm. In, in the quiet and just letting the tears flow. It, mm-hmm. I, I wonder what it is, even as you said that, what it is about our cars, our, our minivans, our, our SUVs. That <laughs> it was a minivan. Like, <laughs> yeah. The, you know, in the midst of the, the goldfish and mm-hmm. the dirty cleat yeah. <laughs> and the, you know, the, the homework uh-huh. that, that should be completed in the midst of all that mess. What is it about that place that feels like, it's almost like the, it's like an altar call almost mm-hmm. that you, just come before the Lord. And and like you said, say we're frustrated, we're mad, or, or we're sad. And and it's like I can just drive around until, until. Yeah. Until he, <laughs> he helps to relieve that stress or that that pressure. It just helps me to take a deep breath. Sometimes that, you know, I wonder what it is about that. Do you ever feel that? It feels soundproof. <laughs> it yes. feels like a booth. <laughs> I love that. Soundproof. Yes. <laughs> it's like, I can say anything. I mean, I talk to God while I'm driving. So sometimes I'm just talking away and there's there's no radio on. It's just me and God having a conversation. But I love that you then put together this devotional book, If Somebody Needs a Starting Place, because for me, that's sometimes the thing. Like when I'm in the middle of my pity party, I don't know mm-hmm. how to get out of it sometimes. Right. I don't know how to take the next step. And for me, picking up my phone and looking at Instagram is probably not going to be the place. Um, most of that's going to just lead to more of a pity party. So mm-hmm. I look through some of your devotions and you have ones like you just take everyday things like your daughter barfing. <laughs> and it's like, you know, God's not going to, I loved it. It was like, God's not going to send you back to your room with a bucket and leave you alone. You right. know, <laughs> like those are the practical things that you're sharing. I love that. So uh, what are some of the other things that motivated the heart of your message to moms? Yeah, I, I think, you know, it is giving us as moms the practical steps. Like what do we do next? Sometimes we we don't know what to do. Uh, sometimes, And we look at the bigger, broader picture. And if we can just take it down to small 
action steps. I know when I kind of ruminate in all those things and that pity and, and all in that, um, maybe I dread, I need just a tiny step. Just give me one ring of the ladder to keep climbing out and I'll get there. So so I think that's part of the, this Carline Mom devotional is giving you practical steps to to work on every day to give you space to just come to God as you are in all your vulnerability. You do not have to hide from him. He wants us to come with all the burdens, not clean us up. You know, I think there's yes. another devotional in there. No organic cleaner, you know, can clean up <laughs> all that we have. He wants the mess. He will do the cleaning and, and to let moms know that they can do that. To let mamas know that they are not alone in this journey, you know, that they don't have to try to do it alone. They don't have to try to pretend uh, that we can just be together mm -hmm. on this car line journey of life. I think that's important. And also, you know, each day is filled with just one scripture, mm -hmm. just one life-giving word that we can look at and just know, wow, you know, God's word is living and active. It was written thousands and thousands of years ago, and yet it is still relatable and truth giving in our lives right now. So if we can just get that one seed planted into our heart and our life, I think it's going to help us as moms pivot. You know, we don't want to go keep going in that way of, mm -hmm. of overwhelm, of dread. Sometimes we can find ourselves going in that, that path that we might put ourselves on not realizing it, but God will help us turn to help us shift and make that pivot in our thought life, our actions, our beliefs, our, our faith and our walk with him. And, you know, I just think after a hundred days, wow, you know, even going through that book together with moms, where will we be after a hundred days, mm -hmm. you know, after just letting God just pour into us in those moments of sitting in the car, how much more maybe encouraged we'll feel. And then we as moms can take that encouragement and share it with other mamas who are mm -hmm. sitting in a line, who feel desperate, who feel alone, wondering, you know, are they really cut out for this role? And then we can take what God poured into us and we can begin to pour it into other mamas. I love that because your action steps, some of them really are about reaching out to other people. It's yeah. not just about doing things for me. It's like inviting someone to coffee and asking them some questions or reaching out to other people. And the other cool thing is this is for the listener. If you're picking up this book, which I'm going to link in the show notes because I do want you to pick up the book, it will be out when this airs. So it will be available. It's a little hardcover book. The, the size that fits in your purse, but it's the size that you can leave in your car. And because it's hardcover, it's not going to get all beat up if you leave it in your car. And for those 100 days, you can pick it up anytime. Oh, right. uh, that's so true. And I was just, as you were talking about it, if something spills on it, you can wipe it off. It'll yes. be fine. I mean, we, we thought about all the things. All the practical yeah. stuff. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. So there's actually um, on the pages, some of them have enough space at the end too, after the prayer for us to write something. There's not like lines, which that gives us the freedom. If you're a doodler, you can yeah. even doodle. I don't know if that was your intent, Karis, but I like having some white space like that because sometimes God will speak something to us. And this is a place then to look back and see where he said that to us. Yeah. Yes. You know, for in my my journey of just, you know, how God has repurposed and restored my life, journaling was a huge part mm. of that for me. You know, writing down what was inside, what I had been holding on to and just kind of letting that out. So in everything that I've written, I've really wanted to have that white space, that that place where you can doodle, you can mm -hmm. write dates down, maybe of answered prayers or, or right. maybe extra prayers that you want to write down in that space. And then you can go back and look at 
what God has shown you, how he's revealed things, how he met you in that place of, of hard, how he met you in that place of overwhelm. And so it really was intentional to give that for anyone else who is needing to release so much mm-hmm. that you you have felt like you've had to hold on to. And now you can let it go. You can let it go at his feet. What was it like for you writing the book? Were there things that God worked on in you as you put words on the page? It was hard. Can I say that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Writing is hard. It's, it's not only hard. cathartic, but it's, I don't know if you sense this, but when I write, I sense God pushing me to say things that I'm resistant to. Yes, I I was resistant to, and I was like, really, do I have to say that? Because then I have to follow this. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I knew he was, I knew he was teaching me in the same, same time, you know, as he was allowing me to, to write his words, you know, to other moms. So in, in a way it, it was encouraging for me to kind of, it was like God was kind of showing me how much he loved me as a mom in the process of letting other moms know how much he loves them. And, and just kind of showing we need these practical steps every day. Like I need these steps every day in my life. I still don't have it right. I still don't have it all together. You know, even at the time of us recording, my daughters and I got into a blow up over something that was so tiny, but, <laughs> but there were big emotions happening within our house. People were tired. I was hungry. I mean, it was just all the things. <laughs> so, so we still have to pause and, and, and just kind of go to him in these places. So, so even though it was hard, there were, I know there were days where I would write, um, there was one I wrote about my daughter going from, from a toddler to her middle school dance. And I just weeped writing mm. that day because it was just like the Lord was allowing me to see him in her story, to see how he was with her through all of those things. And then it brought laughter mm-hmm. into my life, just thinking about my husband and driving the car line. I don't know if any of you, you know, <laughs> if you're married and, and your husband has to to pick up your kids and you're used to that. I mean, he thought we were going to die one day because he didn't know <laughs> where we were going. And I just said, you got to trust me. And when I wrote those words down, it was like the Lord was like, hey, you got to trust me on this ride, you know, that you're on as a mom. It is going to be filled with twists and turns and detours and, uh, you know, stop signs, but it's going to be filled with adventure. And so writing in a new way and, and you know, not just focused on anxiety, but focused on just the mom journey within itself. It was filled with with so many different things and, and rewards and just sitting in God's presence. You know, it, I think that's the cathartic part for me of mm-hmm. writing. It's just you ha- you you block out everything. You block out your time and it is you and him as he's just pouring in to us so that we can pour out to others. So it was just a basket of all all the things. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for doing that and being vulnerable and putting that on the page because that's what speaks to us as readers. Many women struggle with prioritizing self-care and spiritual care. I don't know if you ha- have experienced that struggle in your life, but how do we help people understand the importance of taking care of themselves? So this, I have had to learn this. I've had to learn this the hard way. And I think one thing that we need to know and be encouraged is that self-care is not selfish. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, it's not being selfish. You know, we we are told we have this body that we have as the temple, you know, where, where the presence of the Holy Spirit lives. And so we we need to take care of it. We need to honor how we, we take care of ourselves. And so I think it's important that 
in taking care of yourself that we we no longer you know become a part of this culture of busyness we don't have to wear that as a badge anymore of like that's not a badge of honor that you have to feel like you have to hold you can remove that from yourself and know that instead having a life of margin where it's not the time is not filled with all the activities, all the meetings, being the leader of, of all the things, you know, just like when you do read a book, there is that white space there, right? Mm-hmm. So that yeah. your eyes, when they're reading, can process. And so we need that in our life as well. So uh, knowing that when you do take care of yourself, when you put that margin in your life, that no is not a bad word. It's not <laughs> a bad word. It, it, it might be no, not right now, or follow back up with me later. But I think if we can do that, if we can find places in our life to put margin and to to take care of ourselves to rest, you know, we are, we as adults, it's not just our teenagers and our, our kids. We're on our devices all the time. We're, we're working all the time. And so we need that margin to just be still yeah. and to take a breath, even as I am saying it out loud, to just take a breath and to let that repurposing happen, that restoration happen. And I, I think if we can do that, kind of realign our priorities, even as as you are listening to this now, look at some things where you can say no, where you can remove so that you can take care of this body, this temple, so that you can go and live the purpose that God has called you to, walk out the calling that, that you have. We need that strength, yes. right? We need that mental clarity and if we're trying to fill our lives with all the busy things, we're, that's going to be a blockade for us. So I think that, you know, what I said at the beginning, self-care is not selfish. Yes. That has really helped me to see it in a different way. Does that make sense? It does. And for me, self-care and spiritual care are really intertwined. So last week I had a writing week. I'm And actually I didn't do as much writing on the Bible study I'm working on as I did on some other things. But I had scheduled in that week more specific times of self-care. I called it filling or fueling. And it was both the things we think of like spending a little time in the hammock, those kinds of things, just quiet, but also some crafty things. That was part of my self-care. And then having a more extended time of devotions. So Mm -hmm. working, instead of doing a daily devotion, I did like a week's worth at a time, just stop to pause in between. So all of that kind of for me works together. It's why I like coloring Bibles so much. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. They they kind of blend together. So learning to say no has been a big thing for me over the years. And even as now that I'm an empty nester, it almost becomes even more of a thing because, you know, people make assumptions about, oh, you're a stay at home mom. You can do these things or you're taking a break from your job right now. You can do this or, you know, there's observing what they think we can handle. They don't know. <laughs> but right. it reminds me of... um. There's a line in like it's the Dumb and Dumber movie, which is is I it's really it. a dumb movie, but there's this place where he says, "So there's a chance," and yeah. it's like if I don't say to somebody, "There's no chance," you know, if I say not right now, they just keep asking, and in my mind, I've already decided there's no chance. I'm going to say yes to that, so I've had to be bolder and say this does not align with what God has called me to do. So I know I'm not your person. And it's so hard to do that. 
It is. That's what I was thinking. I, I was just sitting here thinking as we're encouraging your listeners to say no. We get yes. it. Like we understand. You know, we're trying to encourage ourselves too because it is hard to say no. But but like you just said, when we say no, I'm not the person. This does not align with what God has mm-hmm. for me. That is opening the door to allow for the person that it yes. does align. You know, and so I think if we can remember, not every good thing is a God mm-hmm. thing in our life. That helps me as well, like you're saying, to say no a little bit easier, because if I'm trying to fill my life with all the things, I'm going to miss those God things. So if you you put a boundary in your life, which boundaries are good for us, that's another part of self-care and even taking care of your your faith. Um, When we put those boundaries in place and just say that doesn't align or if you need to pray about it, tell them, can you give me 48 hours to pray about this to see if this is really something that God wants me to do, and then I'll let you know, mm-hmm. yes or no. Um, I, I think that that is another way to help you walk into learning how to say no, learning how to protect your time, and and helping us to learn to go back to that surrendered life. God, is this what you have for me? Or is this something that I'm trying to do to look perfect, to look yeah, like I can, right. can do all the things? And I think that gives us that permission to say, when we put it in that way, that kind of gives us permission, I, I think, to say no, to to not feel bad all the time about yes. saying no. And it will feel weird and awkward at first. Um, that doesn't mean you're doing it wrong. Yeah. It just feel it's it's brand new to your brain and your body. Like, wait, what does this word mean? You know? So it just takes time, but it's worth it to put the time into it. It's especially hard for people pleasers, like you had said, because yeah. we love, well, I'm I'm not as much of a people pleaser as I was. My husband's really a people pleaser. And words of affirmation matter to him. So if you say yes to something and somebody says, I love you, thank you, like, that feels so good. <laughs> it's like, no, no, no. Everything in me is saying this does not feel good. Right. <laughs> oh, I get that because I'm a words of affirmation person. And I'm like, and when you get the gold star, right? <laughs> yes. When you get that, that those words, you're like, "Oh, this is a good thing." But but it may not be God's best thing for for us in our life. So I'm learning that. <laughs> and maybe and there's a listener out there that's like, "Okay, I can do this. I can say say no." So challenge yourself to find find those things maybe that you might need to remove or to practice when someone comes to you and says, "Hey, can you pause and say, let me." Pray about seek the Lord on that. Or if you already know the answer is no, like you said, you can just say, you know what? I think this is probably something that is great and wonderful for someone, but I'm just not yes. the right person. And and that's the right answer. And as my teenager says, if they can't handle your response, that's their problem. <laughs> yes. It's not your problem. That is their their problem. Now that is teenage wisdom for you right there. In Carline, Mom, you talk about redeeming, well, taking back your time and finding yeah. joy in the waiting moments. How have you found joy in that? Because I'll tell you, sometimes when practice goes late, it's frustrating. I've got somewhere else I need to be. Yes, I agree with that. And Man, finding joy in the waiting moments. I, I think I am learning slowly that waiting is not a bad thing and it's not a waste of time. I used to view it as a wait. I'm wasting my time waiting. And and what I'm realizing now that waiting is actually an action. You know, it's not that I'm not taking action. It's just a different kind of action. I love that. And yeah, for it's been a, a time for me to just 
to just sit, to be okay with not being busy, to to ponder, you know, I, it's good for me and helpful for me to look back and through and to see God's goodness in my life. Because sometimes I need to remember when it, it does feel hard and I wonder, you know, where are you, Lord, when I'm in the waiting? I, I remember. I can go back and see all the good things that he's done in my life and that I can trust him. And if he didn't fail me then, he's not going to fail me now. And that's been good for me. And, and also in the waiting, there have been those times where the Lord might bring a friend to my heart that I haven't thought about in a while or maybe struggling. And and I can reach out to her and just say, hey, I was thinking about you, praying for you. And, you know, it's in those moments where you, it strikes up sweet conversations. Yeah, just picking up your phone and texting somebody or sending a message. I love that. And I also, since you said you're a worship leader, I love to sing. I was a worship leader. I can picture you cranking the radio with, you know, like goodness of God or something. Goodness of God. That is what I was about to say. That is literally. (laughs) Like everybody in the the car line can be like, what's going on in Karis's car over there? (laughs) (laughs) With the tears flowing, man. I so many of those moments to those yeah. those songs they, it's just like a, a healing bomb to your soul mm-hmm. you know that's why that's when i know god really did create music and melodies because it really does speak to your heart when you hear if it's goodness of god mm-hmm. or you know if it's raise a hallelujah mm-hmm. whatever that is for yeah. you when you hear it you know if it's uh you know dc talk i don't know <laughs> funky jesus music and toby yeah. mac whatever it is for you you can just feel the presence of God in the, those moments. Yeah. Our time is going so fast. I could talk to you all day, Karis, but I want to make yeah. sure people know how to connect with you. Um, I know that they can find your book on Amazon. They can find it through your website, through your publisher, through B&H has, uh, I, I think it's like in discounted on their website if people buy it there. But yeah. I'd love to know how they can connect with you online. Absolutely. So I love to connect with people through Instagram and Facebook at Karis Snyder, C-A-R-I-S-S-N-I-D-E-R. But I also love to connect with people through my email list. Uh, and you can subscribe there to karissnyder.com. And then that's my name again, uh, C-A-R-I-S-S-N-I-D-E-R.com. And just to pour out encouragement to others, if it is, you know, scripture or a story of encouragement or tips on how to deal with anxiety for yourself or for your children, and then in that, I love to get freebies. I'm a, let me give you all the freebies in the world. So right now, the lead magnet is a survival kit for back to school Perfect. for moms. And it is, I think it's like a seven to eight page PDF download of all the things that you might need for back to school. If it's how to, you know, time management, prioritize, what are some good things that you could do with your friends? What are some scriptures that you can focus on in your family for back to school? There's even some recipes on there. There's only two. I mean, <laughs> I, that's as good as I could get with that. But that is the uh, the free lead magnet right now that I would love for for everyone to to go and grab for yourself. And so I just love community. I love when people message me on Instagram and Facebook. I don't know if you like if you're like that as well, but it reminds me, hey, I'm not right. alone. Like they're. <laughs> Like they're they're with me in this. So there's real people out there. <laughs> real people. Yeah. So we love conversations. Um, so yeah, so those are the easiest ways to get in, in touch okay. with me. Okay. I will link to that in the show notes in case people forget how to spell your name because they're probably in the car line right now. <laughs> and they're gonna right? need that That's later. Right. So they can just go to the show notes on their phone. And if you need another easy way to find me, carlinemom.com, that is another easy website to find information on the book 
endorsements, all the things about that. If that if you need a quick perfect one to go, that to. might be yeah. easier to remember. CarlineMom.com. Absolutely. Kara says, we wrap up. What advice would you give to the mom who's sitting at the table here with us who feels overwhelmed and alone today? I would just tell her, just in that moment right now, you could just take a breath. Just take a deep breath and know that God loves you. He sees you and he hears you and you're not alone. And if you need to grab a journal, if you need to grab some tissue and a piece of chocolate (laughs) and just pour your heart out to the Lord, do it. Do it freely because he wants you to come to him as you are. And then as you do, he is going to bring healing and restoration into your heart and life. And he is going to repurpose something that you thought was lost. He is going to repurpose it and use it in ways that you never could dream or imagine. Thank you so much. Thank you for the work you're doing. And thank you for the time you spent with us today. Yes. Thank you so much for for allowing me to be here with you. Friends, you will find the show notes to this episode at michellerayburn.com slash 168. And there I will have a link to Karis's book and to the resources she talked about, including her website. I want you to go find her on socials because you're going to love what she posts. I'm also going to post links to her books for children because I think those would be very helpful resources for parents who are looking for how to have conversations with their kids about anxiety. And Karis has one for small children and for tweens as well. So um, I'll link to those there for you. Thank you for being here with me today. I so appreciate your time and I will be back next week with another solo episode. You've been listening to Life Repurposed. If you'd like bonus resources sent to your inbox each week, be sure to sign up at michellerayburn.com 